0: After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow, two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us, one conversation at a time. Here we go. hello i'm hannah this is kelty we're upbringing we're here uh, for our live q a to talk about holiday drama with our sensitive and spirited kids how we can make it through maybe build some skills along the way have a little fun get a sense of humor back get some perspective parent as we say for sanity and social change that's the goal here yeah what else cal i don't know i think that we're grateful to be here we're um very privileged in getting to talk about this, think about this, make this our work, um, connect with you all. I'm trying to pin this fucking comment. Forget it. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks for spending a little time uh, connecting about ways we can support our kids. Pin yeah, using powers beyond control when we're able to go against that conditioning uh, that we've all undergone, our upbringings uh, that served us very well in some ways and maybe undermined a lot of our skills in other ways, and the ways that we're trying to kind of dismantle that, reimagine that, change um, our legacy, our family history a little bit. And I love talking about everything we talk about normally in uh, in terms of holidays, because I think there's a whole other layer of lovely conditioning that we've all experienced. Oh gosh, and that's yes. really guiding us and pushing us. I think most of the time we're like, I got this respectful parenting thing down. I'm cons- you know, working my consent game. I'm mm-hmm. working the big feelings, accepting all emotions. I'm connecting, I'm innovating, I'm doing all this stuff. And then the holidays come and it's like, you will wear that. <laughs> it just or goes else. out the window. Yeah, it's just like, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, no, uh, you like, will smile for yeah. this picture. Um, you will say thank um, you to grandma. You will say please. You will go apologize You right will go now. give them a kiss. Uh-huh. Shit. <laughs> right? There's just so much pressure. It's yeah. like all that, all that stuff goes out the window. And I think that our own trauma responses from the holidays really come into play, so to speak. Yeah. I think um, they just complicate everything and up yeah. everyone's stress. And I think that... As Ross Green always says, kids do well when they feel well. Same with adults. When they we, can. We always do better when we feel better. Everyone does. So when stressful situations <clears throat> are happening at home, with, within families or out holidays, we're all gonna probably feel a little bit worse and we're gonna do a little bit worse. And that's okay too. Yeah. So we're here to say, you have permission to yeah. be a flawed human being <laughs> as you always have. In progress. We In like progress. To say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I like owning the flawed thing. I'm like, I'm just flawed. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. Okay. Um, and to kind of try to give ourselves grace, the same way that we're endeavoring to give our kids that grace. Mm-hmm. That we're all under stress. That we're all, you know, <gasps> doing the best doing we best. can. Yeah. Right. Trying to make the holidays magical. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about the holidays. If any of you all have um, questions or struggles or challenges right now around what's coming up what's coming forward in the Mm -hmm. next several weeks let us know questions about santa elf on the shelf Mm -hmm. should our kids give kisses how do we deal with judgy or controlling um family members how do we want to go about all of Mm -hmm. this right what else i don't know someone wrote something let's see hi working theory farm Forced group family photos with color schemes. Keep reminding my extended family that my kids don't like getting their photo taken. So they probably will choose not to participate. That's really great that you're reminding them of that saying, you know, my kids don't always roll with those kind of like overall controlled one person decides all this stuff and they're supposed to just roll into it type thing. So I'm going to give them the choice. I'm going to give them <laughs> a chance if they want to participate, If they want to opt out, that's cool too. Right, mom? You know that we want all this stuff to be consent-based, right? Yeah. I mean, otherwise the memory of the photo Mm -hmm. is, we'll (laughs) never forget, of a child saying, I didn't want to be here. Or showing with their body or their face. Mm -hmm. Or even more creepy, not showing it. But you know, because you remember, because you were there, it's like a scary smile where right. you're like, I know they were crying inside. Right. And I small. wonder like why we do that in those family photos. Cause we're like, it's okay. This generation scarred, but next generations, when they look at the picture, they're going to be like, there was a happy family. Mm-hmm. They all consented to that picture. They I were remember so happy to, to I be there. I remember photos, what I was feeling every time a photo was taken of me or what, or a photo I took. Hmm. I remember my personal experience about it. And I was a photographer too. I remember other people's experience and I'm like, yeah, I just glossed right over that. This photo looks really nice. Hopefully they won't remember what just happened, right. how stressed they were yeah. or what was going on. But I think that's such a, a great thought to, to consider as we roll into the holidays mm-hmm. where we want to memorize everything and document it all mm-hmm. is documenting is great, but we have to make sure that, that we're really there we're, we're a- authentically present <laughs> that that if, for the drama and for for mm-hmm. the the joy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that you said the word document mm-hmm. instead of manipulate or conjure or control, because I think that that's where our mm-hmm. instinct goes. Stage. Often. it's a stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all in these clothes. We're all the pretty light. It's controlled, micromanaged, and our hand Hanna jams, jams. Mm-hmm. for everybody. We're we're good, and then we've got one or two or five little kids just being like. outliers no not this way not this how wasn't brought in enough and so we could talk you know all day too about how to how to gain compliance or gain participation or cooperation with kids about something talking about family photos what are family photos for Mm -hmm. why are we doing this why are we meeting this stranger or aunt tilda or whatever to take some photos in this random field right let's talk about it for like a lot of Husbands to understand why mm-hmm. this is happening, let alone the kids. So <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? Bringing here? everyone into understanding and, um, into collaboration about it is kind of big for sure. Mm-hmm. I think what else, what else besides family photo drama, uh, mm-hmm. is going on well, for I just, you all right now. I wanted to touch on the family photo thing one okay. more time <laughs> in case nobody else brings up the topic, but just when you said the word document, it made me think document what is real mm-hmm. document. What is there document the mess Document the weird haircut, like my son just got today from my daughter, where it's like half of it's chopped off, half of it's bangs. There's a weird chunk missing from the back. We're going to document that, Mm -hmm. right? Document that one stinky shirt that they always wear and they won't take off. Get that on film, right? Mm -hmm. Get that. Those are the things that we're going to want when we're old and crusty is that they will only wear those shoes, or that they refuse to brush their hair. And somebody uh, commented today on one of our posts that their kids said, I want clown hair. I want clown hair. And I thought that was so cool, like embracing who our kids are, the ways that they want to mm-hmm. express and the ways that they want to be remembered too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's such a, like a, a two ways about thinking about documentation. Is it mm-hmm. about um, creating a look that, mm-hmm. that will see you through in the years that matches what other people are doing or how you envision your family, or is it documenting like truly what is Mm -hmm. and how beautiful that can be as well. And it goes against all of our, our Instagram world tendencies. Mm -hmm. And also even it, it goes against even just mindfulness in the moment. Someone here comments and says, I actually get so involved in what's going on. I don't take pictures. And then we never have a family photo or documentation. Afterward, I'm sad. And that's kind of the other side of it, where we're talking about folks who we get so roped into documenting Mm -hmm. and creating this perfect family photo that we have to use a lot of manipulation and and control tactics and coercion to get our kids to do it. But then there's the opposite where we're just so in the mix that like we actually kind of miss out on, on those opportunities and that's more like us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And both are really tricky when we have that, that value of wanting some documentation, but we either kind of overdo it or we kind of underdo it. Finding that happy, how can you schedule it, but in a flexible way Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, through a flexible lens. Yeah. thinking about we talk often about <clears throat> spirit animals, and you just brought it up, Hannah with uh, the kids the other day and we were mm-hmm. watching Coco, which is such a great movie. just asking each kid what do you think your spirit animal is if you had one animal? you know, thinking about holiday photos or thinking about showing up at Thanksgiving or a holiday party <clears throat> or whatever it is can we ask our kid what's your spirit animal tonight? What are you feeling or what what's your thing right now or lately? do you want to go get dressed in that whatever that is so that it feels true so that it feels real so that it feels joyous and exciting and experimental and whatever. Mm -hmm. I love that. Someone says mother-in-law definitely doesn't understand our way of parenting. and will make little comments overall. I get along with her, but I wish I could just sit her down and explain it. Instead. I just get upset. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on how I can talk to her about it? I'm sure being with her for a week, she will end up saying something. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's our, our inclination is Mm -hmm. to be understood to be seen to feel not judged constantly or um or criticized yeah, yeah absolutely or even just someone's confused about you like that's for a lot of us who are, grew up as people pleasers or who are highly sensitive folks and who like can really pick up on those things it's really Hard for us to just brush off someone's random when comment, you're just <laughs> vibing, being like they're judging, <clears throat> they're confused. I want they <sighs> don't like what they're seeing. I need to justify. I need to explain. I need to mm-hmm. get their goodwill and their understanding and, and their buy-in and approval. And I think that that's a great. Um, I mean, a great intention, if you want to feel connected to that person and have a relationship, you want to be on the same page. So I think that's a great thing to go for. And then if that doesn't end up going so well, that's when we have to figure out ways to just accept who that person is and accept our differences. But I think there's so many ways of going about it based on your relationship with your mother-in-law. I mean, that could be directly in like a a little time that you two are spending together. That could be uh, when you're comfortable and you've kind of, you know, already kind of Connected a little bit and then throw that out mm-hmm. there. It could be emailing her, your mother-in-law, some just information. Like, I just wanted to get on the same page. I feel like I noticed I- a few comments and I just, oh, I, mm-hmm. I felt like you were maybe curious or I just, wondering. I always want you to be in the loop about what we're doing with the kids because I know you care so much mm-hmm. and I just want to feel like we're on the same page and um, consistent if we can be, but I want to hear from mm-hmm. you too and your perspective. Mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you don't give a shit about her perspective and you mm-hmm. don't want to have a conversation. I think Mm -hmm. everyone is at different places. So I think we have to really get clear about what is our goal with Mm -hmm. connecting with a mother-in-law or father-in-law or even our own parents about our parenting style right? Is it to gain acceptance? Is it to get our agenda through? Is it to set a hard and fast boundary? Is mm-hmm. it to slowly tiptoe into setting a boundary? Mm-hmm. We're all on this like vast spectrum of boundary setting and information mm-hmm. connecting with in-laws and other yeah. people in our lives. There's no, no one right way to go so about hard, it. It's so hard kind of like we call it like parenting in the wild when you, you've got this kind of respectful, conscious, positive parenting practice in, in the works and then you go outside of that to a play date or you go outside of that to your in- laws so or you go outside of that to a sibling or another place or the park and yeah. it just feels so different and you feel potentially ostracized. You feel put really on the spot, put on the spot where mm-hmm. you have to be defensive. You feel even just judged a little bit. It creates a lot of dissonance for us. Like you said, sensitive, spongy people. So I think that's the question is <laughs> what are your, what's your goal? Mm-hmm. What, what makes sense based on this person? Is this someone you see once a year where you can just be like, yeah, do a comment. Or is this someone you see once a week where you're like, Maybe we need to have a talk so that we can feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, and how brave are you feeling? That's how, what it always comes down to me, how brave, how irritated, what are you, what are you ready how, for? Right? I think as far as communicating goes, yeah. we're all, as I said, on that vast spectrum of, <clears throat> of comfort in uh possible conflict right? Yeah. in, in different beliefs and different values and different approaches, yeah. but it's so hard. I think we tend to either go on the permissive side where we're like, I'm just going to not say anything. Cause this is so irritating and scary and I'm just going to fume inside, you know, when or, our in laws are like judging our parenting, right. raising those, or questions. I'm going to go to, this is un- like uncool. We need to talk because the middle between those things is so hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. The middle is saying, you know, I've got some resources. If you ever want to learn more, the middle is, you or, know, oh, it's so you intru- that? okay. Yeah. Cool. Or mm. where are you coming from? Or the middle is, you know, um, it's been really working actually teaching him through this way. Or what, thanks know. for respecting my parenting choices. Yeah. You know, that's like a, a very nice thing to say, or, mm-hmm. you know, I've got this. Thanks so much. Yeah. Like that is it's- a very neutral in the middle type response that could yeah. feel very scary to a lot of us who grew up as pleasers or who haven't set boundaries. Or communicating that way to family. We have an early uh, Caregiver Clash podcast episode that you might be interested in um, where we talk about everything. This huge spectrum of options from modeling basically in front of that other person, whether they're your partner or a parent or a neighbor or whomever it is that might be parenting differently or judging your parenting, all the way to taking that person to therapy and really connecting about it. There's so many things in between that can help them. <clears throat> yeah. You said great ideas. You hit the nail on the head. I'm definitely a sensitive people pleaser. These ideas were helpful. Yeah, you bet. I think so much about it is remembering that the discomfort we feel doesn't necessarily mean we have to convince that other person, do get something. them on our side, <laughs> gain their approval, do all those things. It's just really good information to us about our own sensitivities, about our own traumas mm-hmm. and our people-pleasing tendencies. And we can... Just get comfortable in that discomfort a little bit. Um, and, and then we can actually support our kids too. I think in yeah. these moments that we're kind of clashing or hearing something from our, our in-laws and feeling stressed, we end up becoming ch- children ourselves in those moments where we mm-hmm. want to defend and do all of these things or to we, be approved of. Or we might want to over-control our kids sure. to be approved of. Mm-hmm. We might kind of jump that fence a little bit the other way. And, yeah. And I think we have to keep remembering that We're not beholden um, to anyone else except our kids, right? We are their advocate. We don't have to explain or advocate for our mother-in-law's needs and comfort. They can take care of their own comfort. They're gonna Mm -hmm. be okay. And we have to um, support ourselves, feel safe in the moment and support our kids. Yeah, as best we can. It's a lot of work. So you're not alone, not alone in the mother-in-law situation by any means for sure. What else is going on? Big feelings and challenging behaviors with your kids, especially around holiday stuff. We have a bunch yeah. of stickers that we could pop onto here too, but I always <clears throat> like to serve the people who are here live if we're able. Mm-hmm. Gift lists, Santa, Elf on the Shelf, mm-hmm. photo shoots, high energy, <sighs> getting dressed <sighs> for parties, yeah, <You> <clears throat> concerns about our, our spirited kids. Um, oh, showing good. up to social events and, and getting through it. Oh, what about when they're like really selfish and greedy seeming around gifts? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that happens often with my kids. Just They get something and they just like, no, not that. Or this piece of trash and they just like chuck it in front of the person. And it's just like, it's so hard to watch them being so or looking so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Those are the words that run through our minds, those judgments, right? So where where is your brain leaping or... Where are the brains of the people around you in these family holidays leaping when your kid is being free and being themselves and being a child, right? They're selfish, they're ungrateful, they're noisy. They're not a, good, not a good sharer. They're um, whiny, they're resistant. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. Wanna pull a couple things up? <clears throat> sure. Let me see if they're on here. I still don't know all these buttons. No, no, not that button. <laughs> the question button, uh, oh, I yeah, would yeah. say, probably. Let's go with that. Okay, okay. okay. Someone says, "I definitely overwork to quote honor the traditions and forget to be present. How to do change?" hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that that idea <clears throat> of our goals in honoring traditions. Maybe getting in the way of us just going with the flow, with whatever our We're taking part doing. in those traditions. Well, We're orchestrating so much, that's right? What, yeah, yeah, orchestrating is is something that happens when we have expectations for, for how something will go, which is or what happens go, yeah. often in the holidays. We have an idea. We're like, oh, we have this tradition. We're going to sing carols. We have this tradition. We're going to go to the tree lighting. We have this tradition. We all drink hot cocoa in the backyard. We decorate cookies, whatever it yeah. is. So it, basically, traditions mean more expectations for our kids. Maybe a little bit more pressure and a little bit more stress um, Mm -hmm. for them to perform or conform or show up in a way that doesn't disrupt those traditions Mm -hmm. or our expectations. Mm -hmm. Traditions can be incredibly um, anchoring and nourishing Mm -hmm. and wonderful, but they can also, if there are disparate needs at play, Mm -hmm. right, or disparate temperaments Mm -hmm. at play, can, can mm-hmm. really be stressful. And so I think that, that this person who wrote in brings up a great thing to notice. Is this tradition helping me connect with my child or is this putting distance between us? I don't know. I mean, is this helping me connect mm-hmm. to my child and this moment or is this putting distance because of the fucking logistics it takes to set up cookie mm-hmm. decorating, mm-hmm. right? I don't, and, I don't... and then is is that tradition a worthy tradition? If, um, if the impact of it, is actually terrible, Terrible, (laughs) right? I mean, basically this, I think of these, this idea of traditions and how much to kind of push our kids through these expectations of things, um, without being as present as we'd like to be being a a greater example of how we are even moving through a day Mm -hmm. and the ways that I tried to so hard have expectations, have a routine, but hold them loosely. And that is really our goal in those moments, whether it's just the day to day, getting through the fucking grind, Mm -hmm. or if it's Christmas day or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving, it's saying, here's the general plan. I'm gonna try to get some buy-in so our kids freedom to know, Mm -hmm. right? So that they feel connected to their life. So we're gonna focus on that. But then even if they get the thumbs up, even if they're so ready, even if they're in it and on it, they might struggle with certain stuff. So we're holding those expectations and those traditions loosely right right that's the goal because otherwise it becomes a tug of war with reality it it sucks when you think about traditions we have to remember that a tradition passed down exactly generation to generation is actually really fucking scary (laughs) that that many people could do the same thing the same way over and over again that that feels like how is that possible with human beings like bringing (laughs) humans in and not robots to do the exact same thing we have to remember that traditions are live things and they involve the real living people that are, are in your life right now. And that they have to evolve and be collaborative inherently, yeah. right? And, I, and yeah. that involves bringing our kids into these traditions and allowing them to evolve. Yeah. You know? I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. What is the spirit of this tradition? Yeah. Can we represent and experience the spirit of it? So is it that we're all together? Is it that is we're it trying to eat <laughs> cookies at the end? Is it th- that <laughs> there <laughs> were some cookies there? Sure. Is it that we just got fresh air? is that part of the tradition we thought it was to go look at the lit lit tree in the town square but it was actually the spirit of it was to be together and having some fresh air then it was that we sang together even Mm -hmm. though it was katy perry and not Liberace or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um we have to remember that these things evolve and i love that holding loosely idea kelty with the traditions i think it can can help us hold the Um, expectations loosely and search for the spirit of the tradition. It's also how traditions continue to get passed on, especially from folks who are spirited. Mm -hmm. They're not going to pass on a tradition that was forced upon them. Mm -hmm. My husband does not like a lot of Christmas and holiday traditions because he had nothing to do with them at all. And I think that the more we can collaborate and bring our kids in to co-create these traditions, the more likely they are to continue in future generations. And I also like the idea of traditions when we're thinking about this from a discipline context, which we always bring it back to discipline, big feelings and challenging behaviors. Traditions can can be so many things. They don't have to be Christmas related, right? They don't have to be about opening gifts at a certain time. They don't have to be eating particular things. They don't have to be about going to a particular place. The traditions that we can pass down in our families to our kids this holiday season or beyond are can be a lot grander and greater. They can be traditions of, I respect you. They can be traditions of, I trust you. They can be traditions of, we're collaborating together as a family. Our family is democratic. Mm-hmm. All of these things that we can create then pass down give our kids that is a gift that will last far longer than just every holiday season Mm -hmm. but something they can integrate into their lives in a really meaningful way and pass down naturally and joyously to their next generations Mm -hmm. right i think you're speaking to something that we we connect about so often to hannah which is i think that we always assumed before we became parents that the most meaningful interactions with our kids would be in the good moments Mm -hmm. right those happy moments swinging on the swing set snuggling and reading a book, baking cookies, holiday things for sure. Watching the fireworks the first time, unwrapping presents at Christmas, first swims. That's where we think instinctually, all the magic happens with our kids. That's where we think traditions are built. That's where we think family legacies and memories are made. And I think that everything that we're trying to work towards is saying, what about the shittiest moments? What about the times that feel so terrible? Those are memory makers too. And we want to be making good memories in those times, especially we want to be considering our legacy, our, our inherited legacy, what's moving forward for our descendants, all our family moving, moving along. What are we giving to our family in those hard times? Not just the happy moments, but how can we be spinning magic and spinning gold out of the struggles that we endure. And this right? is not to add more to your Christmas to-do list. Let's be <laughs> honest. Let's, I just want to be really clear about that right now. This is saying, and also be a fucking saint this holiday season mm-hmm. as a parent. This is saying you can take off a lot of shit from your to-do list of mm-hmm. go this place, buy this thing, do mm-hmm. this thing, make, make everyone memories, happy. Make it look perfect in a picture and say, I can actually let a lot of that go mm-hmm. and instead focus on supporting my child, connecting with my child focus on relationship rather when, than things whenever, whenever we are struggling, yeah. especially yeah. i think it's easy for us to swipe those moments under the rug and be like oh, those are just like you know extra to those moments that we were really connected in the good times right. but those hard moments are gold those hard moments are wonderful mm-hmm. they're opportunities to grow up ourselves they're opportunities to connect to exist in relationship that none of us experienced growing up necessarily mm-hmm. right Yeah, it's a lot, but you're not alone and we get to do this and we get to do it next holidays too. We get to do it next birthday. We get to do it next summer. We get to do it every goddamn day. I was going to say tomorrow. 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 Any day. day. Someone said, first time tuning in live on Insta. Y'all are so amazing and are doing such great work. Thank Mm. you. Someone said, I think the point of traditions should be to connect with each other. Right. I love that. Mm. But it's so hard because we can't always choose those times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why connecting through the conflict is so important because we're like, wow, I thought this tradition or moment of connection at the fireplace, at the dining table, on this walk was going to be those moments where we're like, why are you ruining this? Mm -hmm. We look at one of our kids and say, why are you dragging your feet? Why are you whining? I just served up this tradition and you smashed (laughs) it. Why are you spitting my food out? Why are you refusing to pose for the picture to sing? Right. That's our work is letting go of those conjured traditions and moments of connection and and looking to our kids for those, Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I'm ready to connect, look to our kids for the moments that they need us to connect. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. Remembering too, that our kids can create traditions, Mm -hmm. right? That they have all these little opportunities and (laughs) things in them, right? As many as the the old traditions they ruin, (laughs) right? The, the new ones we can be creating and that, that's such a symbol, I think, of like us being able to move past our inherited legacies of control or trauma and say, we're doing it differently starting this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to start fresh and be creating new traditions with our kids, hand in hand with them mm-hmm. and not traditions that are about picture perfect moments, right? Mm-hmm. Traditions that are about being truly seen and heard and valued. And, and vulnerable. truly listening mm-hmm. and holding space for one another, right? That is the gift that keeps on giving. If you ask us for sure. Yeah. Welcome but everyone. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to shamelessly plug our spirited kid club, which we got going in January. We have three times for it. Uh, what is it? Tuesdays mornings, Thursday evenings, mm-hmm. and Saturday mornings. Uh, you can check them out at upbringing.co. We just uh, put them up there. They're already filling up. Yes, they are. But we would love to see you there. I think that for those of us who are like, what am I going to tell my husband to get me for Christmas? What do I need? Let's think of the most important things. Um, A group of small group coaching folks, um, a fellow spirited kid parents um, Mm -hmm. could be the thing for you. That could be a wonderful thing to look forward to in the new year after the Christmas hubbub has lapsed a little Mm -hmm. bit and you're ready to get back to basics and do a little bit of work, um, on that relationship, on yourself, on your family for sanity and social change. So just wanted to add that. Thanks for adding that anyone here. Uh, let us know if you have a question, I'm going to kind of go through some of these stickers. If you, if you've got something, just type it in there. Um, let us know what you're struggling with or anticipating struggling with, uh, with spirited and sensitive kids and the holidays and drama and travel and all that stuff. Let's see. We did that one. This one is being respectful is important to my husband and he shames the kids for not showing gratitude. Mm -hmm. That's really, really hard one. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's something that a lot of us uh, have in the corner of our minds, which is, I want my child to be a respectful human being. I want them to be a compassionate, empathetic individual a sensitive lover, a good neighbor, a decent coworker, a citizen of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that often these, these, these ideals come into conflict with child brain mm-hmm. and it's, well, it sends us fear spiraling in a really huge way. So I just yeah. want to say I totally relate to that as do a lot of people we work with. Yeah. I think it's, it's just really hard to remember uh, for a lot of us that that showing respect to people only comes after feeling respected Showing Mm -hmm. gratitude only comes after feeling gratitude Mm -hmm. that again, it has to all these feelings and impulses and motivations must start inside our children for them to be authentically and consistently. And why do we always cue those things? And so it's it's very like natural for us to say, well, I'm just going to skip that internal process that we Mm -hmm. don't really know about because none of us studied child development before we became parents and just focus on the behavior. So you need to show gratitude, please. Thank you. I love it. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Hello. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. All of those things. Right. And we forget that that's just training them to kind of perform socially with kind of overlooking and undermining the really delicate and a little bit longer term process of building that self-understanding and building that experience of feeling something, Mm -hmm. feeling left out rather than grateful, feeling um, harmed rather than sorry, feeling that the both sides of the coin and all of these areas. That's where the learning happens. Learning doesn't happen by being told what to say and what to do it happens by experiencing and processing mm-hmm. with a attachment figure like us. And so I think it's really understandable that this person's husband wants them to show this respect right away. But I think reminding them that showing respect right away, isn't going to guarantee consistent respect. And it might actually make them feel resentful inside mm-hmm. frustrated inside Disimpassioned or disconnected mm-hmm. or inside, or disrespectful, or disrespectful inside, even if they're showing respect. Mm-hmm. And that the the most important thing is to get to the root cause and build the foundation, that root, basically, mm-hmm. of gratitude, of respect, yeah. of all of those things. That's something we talk about so often, and I love that you talk about the root, Hannah, and the foundation yeah. because. Whether it's trying to help our kids find their way to consistent toothbrushing or to saying please and thank you in manners or to yeah. brushing their hair or to picking up their toys. It's a twofold process. It's the skill of saying it or doing it or not doing it or whatever it is. But it's the value also. And those go hand in hand. And visible, invisible. Right. Culturally, we lean on the visible. We lean on the skill. Mm-hmm. We need to see it and that we feel like we're doing a good job. Right. Mm-hmm. And so much of our work as parents is in leaning into the value and the invisible, which asks us to actually do a lot more than just snap our fingers and demand any of those things or say it's time to X, Y, Z, but to model the shit out of it, to talk about the context around it, to give agency that's and what teaching our is. kids. That's what fundamental teaching is. Right. And that's how they actually fundamentally learn, right? Rather yeah. than being told what to do and when to do it. We explain and connect about the why mm-hmm. and tune them into themselves, which is kids are beautifully self-centered in that way because they are vessels of learning. So their inner experience is the way they learn to perceive the world. So if we're saying, I don't care how you feel, if you like it or not, just say thank you to this person. What are we teaching them fundamentally is to please everyone else, but themselves is to lie about how they feel about things to other people. This kind of goes against what we would ultimately want to be doing. So if you really want to think about all this all the way through, I think it's a very normal impulse. But when you kind of get into the weeds a little bit, um, it becomes a little more apparent that we're playing the long game here. Right? Yeah. It's a long term process. We've got, a, we've got a post coming tomorrow or the next day about gratitude. And yeah. the best way for our kids to cultivate it is by us showing it consistently. The same with respect, right? Our kids will learn respect and our kids will learn gratitude if we give it unconditionally. Not if they act like this, or if they say this, or if they stop doing this, right? right. They learn through connection and mm-hmm. through that modeling rather than through correction and control. Yeah. Someone said, you know, we make nativity scenes every Christmas, and mm-hmm. I love when the children come and play with all the toys inside. My grandma would never allow us to do that, and I'm so happy we get to fuse both. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you adapted your tradition from earlier in our conversation saying... We've got the nativity tradition and we're adapting it and allowing it to evolve based on the fact that mm-hmm. kids want to play with shit they just made or that kids want to play with cute little figurines. And why mm-hmm. would you taunt them right into showing them this cool thing and then not letting them play with it? Again, kids learn through experience.
1: They learn mm-hmm. through
0: touch. They learn through movement. They learn through, through um, sight, through sound, through actively exploring their world and yeah. engaging with it. They don't learn by being told what to do and what not to do. They learn by doing yeah. on their own and then processing that experience with us. The person said, yeah, I feel that my Hispanic culture puts all the emphasis on the behavior of respect and good manners instead of yeah. the feeling where those came from. A lot of cultures do that. It's so understandable. Absolutely. It's, and it's so understandable. And I think that connecting with our own culture and family in a way that says, I still honor and respect your impulse or this idea and here i'm going to be doing it a little bit differently to get to that same place we have the same value about raising this child we're just going about it a little bit yeah someone commented on that same thing they said what to do if you place a limit to family and then they shame the child yeah that's that's really tough it's hard to protect our kids and i think we can only do so much with saying do we want to spend time with this family Mm -hmm. member or group of family members how do we want to prepare these family members or mm-hmm. our child and then in the moment we do whatever we can and then after let's say our family ended up shaming our child for something that's where we get to reapproach: are we going to do this again with this family how are we mm-hmm. going to communicate with them <clears throat> to move forward and then primarily and most importantly how are we going to connect with our child after mm-hmm. they've been shamed by a mother-in-law or a cousin or mm-hmm. an aunt or an uncle and say how can we process what happened. And I recondition this kind of maybe slight trauma that happened at this mm-hmm. family gathering so that my child can feel safe again in what happened and what their original needs were in the moment, Yeah, right? Hi, Tracy, social justice parenting. So good to see you. Yeah, I think that that question is so great. We can't control everything that our family does or neighbors do or people at the park do when shaming our kids. We can't control everything, but we, we can control how we approach it later. And that's the power of the circle back where we say, wow, grandpa was really struggling tonight. Or wow, that lady at the park kind of freaked out when mm-hmm. you were talking to her kid too close. And we get that amazing opportunity to connect and like you said, Hannah, recondition the atmosphere around something to say normal, okay, safe to process. Or, so that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing security in your yeah. fear or your and, confusion. Yeah, and asking, what was it like for you? What was going on? That's here's what it looked like from my perspective. What were you going through when that happened? I'm so sorry that happened, right? Even if it's not something that we would we've been conditioned to think we should apologize for, I'm so sorry that happened. Even if it was our kid dancing on the dining table and a, and our grand the grandparents shamed them, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that happened. When you were having trouble controlling your body and you were up on the table and Grandma said blah blah blah, Great Grandpa said blah blah blah, I'm really sorry that happened. We can't and shouldn't protect our kids from everything. We can do our best. But in those moments when they do experience something uh, uncomfortable or harmful or stressful, Mm -hmm. that is good. This is how they build resilience. Not by experiencing it, but by connecting with us about it and understanding it more deeply and feeling safe in the Mm -hmm. feelings they had around it. And then that can always um, merit a conversation with our family if we're able to have that circle back with them. That was really hard when... My kid danced on the dining table during dinner and you were yelled at them and then they cried and ran off. And I just wanted to connect about that, too, because I know we, we all want you know, a re- relaxed <clears throat> evening and we all have certain expectations. And I'm just trying to see to their needs. And I'm sorry that I couldn't help them down sooner. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I know that you were struggling. We were all struggling a little bit. And I look forward to another evening where we can connect and hopefully Mm -hmm. keep things a little bit chiller or whatever. Right. I think there's so much coming into the holidays where we're just having to be so vulnerable and so brave Mm -hmm. in areas where the holidays are all about looking good and feeling good and having all of these things. And it's hard for us not to want to just be like, oh, just forget it. Or, oh, mm-hmm. let's just put more pressure on our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I think especially when we're doing this new parenting approach or parenting approach is just very different from what the rest of our family is doing. Mm-hmm. Or if we, on top of that, also have sensitive and spirited kids that are really pushing the envelope all the time, that are higher energy, higher volume, mm-hmm. bigger feelings for longer higher needs, all those things, it can really, uh, up our stress level and really be confusing to everybody else. And it can be a daunting experience to kind of go into that. The question sticker I just put up said, little one has big energy, which is hard at my in-laws house. He won't listen. I think that's something that I hear often is people being like, Oh, just the holidays. Yeah. We'll take the kids to grandma's house. Sorry. (laughs) This light is weird to our grandpa's house. And it'll be fun. And I'm just like, and you feel like hundred percent about that. And you feel good about that. And it just puts just me so in easy. mind to, yeah. to other, to other people who don't have anxiety about what their kids will and won't do based on the fact that they have sensitive and delicate nervous systems based on the fact that in certain stressful situations, yeah. they act or react in a way that feels maladaptive to a lot of other people or socially, you know, against social norms. And that's really, can be tricky to walk mm-hmm. into those moments, feeling brave and feeling assured and keeping mm-hmm. our focus on our child and their well-being. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. It's hard hearing people and seeing pictures of people being like, we went to the zoo for zoo lights. And then we went to this, uh, you know, cookie making thing. And then we went to friends houses and did this. And then we took family pictures and it went great. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I could never do that with my child, mm-hmm. my toddler, my child, my, my adolescent, like, why is it so hard for my family when it seems to be so easy for That's other That's another families, great question, you know? I think, that we haven't gotten from people, but I know yeah. we've gotten in years past. Is yeah. It's so hard parenting in front of other people who don't have as challenging of kids, or they're just less challenged by them, one or both, or some sort of mix of it. But just that feeling of, why is it so easy for them? Why is their kid just going through with things and listening to them and paying attention? And how do how do I... Take pride in the fact that my kid gives the middle finger at everything, especially when they're stressed. How do I take pride in being the one that has three onesies and two pacifiers and extra diapers and a backpack on during the holiday meal? Because I'm so geared up and worried about what my kid will be. I'm the one that knows that my kid's going to tea kettle through the flight or tea kettle through the meal or tea kettle through everything. And everyone's going to be like, they're mad. (laughs) they need more milk, right? And be judging about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think so much about it is just taking us out of our powerful context at home Mm -hmm. that we're building in our own little ecosystems and saying, where we're feeling powerful and confident and capable more often than not with the spirited and sensitive child we have in our role is saying what they're doing is fucking amazing. They are magical unicorns. And I am going to be working on supporting that and in rekindling the own magical, the magical unicorn within me in this process. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then we get put into a different context and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden it's like we were stripped of our magical powers, right? All of a sudden this magical unicorn is like a bucking Bronco and it's Mm -hmm. really scary. And I think Mm -hmm. that moving into these moments, we have to prepare ourselves and remind ourselves, get a mantra going. We're going to come up with some helpful holiday mantras mm-hmm. about our children and about our role so that we can bring that and kind of transition that that um, avatar, that role, that kind of thing that we hold to keep us going at home into these areas for the holidays so that when shit goes down, when people are judging, when um, our kids are embarrassing us or other people, we can hold fast and say, seen it a million times mm-hmm. since them being themselves. Oh, you Oh, you. Oh my God. You're still getting all your Christmas presents. We don't do mm-hmm. that here. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You're so amazing and beautiful. Does everyone see how amazing my child is? I'm going to support them. I'm going to move them to other places. If I need to, I'm going to set some limits. I'm going to connect with other guests or family members. Like, Oh, they've got a lot of energy in their body. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. You want it quiet in here. Yeah. We're working on that, but you know, kids we're, we're trying mm-hmm. our best. We're also going to have a bunch of holiday comebacks hopefully available hope to that. help build that um, that kind of uh, verbal support system for you mm-hmm. to figure out what sounds good for you to get those go-to phrases mm-hmm. with folks whether it's at the park or at the mall or at the the, the holiday dinner table yeah. right that's like the the big. Kahuna, though, is just caring less. <laughs> just care less about yeah. what everyone thinks. How do we care How less? How do you care less? You can't Ugh. tell someone, just care less. No, I want to but punch people in the face who tell me they I don't care know, less. But hearing it over and over, it's starting to sink in and be well, like, care less. I don't think okay, it's about caring less. less. I think it's about saying, care less what other people think mm-hmm. and care more about your child. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in those moments. That so shift, that transition <laughs> that happens from home to other place is where we go from caring to, about our child to caring about other people, right? You're right, mom. I was thinking that. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> but it's saying. not about not caring at all. It's about deciding what to care because about. Because saying care less can be really dismissive. Yeah. It's about what to care about. And yeah. is it about my child at home and my child at this place? Mm-hmm. And it's saying all of our conditioning that says, our own conditioning that we have to be working through and reparenting that says make everyone else happy and everyone else comfortable, right? can say, no, it still applies. The same logic applies at home as other places. Mm-hmm. I'm going to serve my child because that's my freaking job because I had a child and I'm a parent. It's my job to serve them, not this random hostess. It doesn't matter how amazing her table looks or how like cute she is or how much we want to be friends with her, right? Yeah, someone said, what helped me have the courage to be disliked. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. That's a hard one. I'm going to get yeah. the light here on what's going on. Yeah, or um, even just judged and, and to remember too. I mean that that judgments from our, our in-laws, from our 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 friends, from strangers, we have to keep remembering that judgments are so much less about us than they are about the person themselves mm-hmm. and about their own insecurities and their own trauma and their own troubles. Mm-hmm. They're just projecting their shit onto us. And I think that it's really hard for us sensitive folks to remember that, that mm-hmm. people's judgments and criticisms and control have nothing to do with us. They are literally all about making that person feel safer in their own bodies mm-hmm. because they've been traumatized and are struggling as well. People who are self-assured and confident and know all the things don't criticize other people. They do not do that. Yeah. So we have to remember moving to the holidays and anytime is people who judge, people who criticize, people who question, people who get in there and don't have boundaries. They are the ones that need help too. They're stressed. They're, they're insecure. Stressed. And yeah. that we don't have to, we can't take their, their, um, communication at face value. We have to, again, go under the water, just like we do with our kids mm-hmm. and say, there's this judgment Get up here. Goggles on. What's really going on? It's insecurity. It's stress. It's all these other things. Mm-hmm. It's so second guessing. And own guess choices. What? We don't have to parent them. So we have our own kids. We have to parent, mm-hmm. right? And our we parent ourselves. We don't have to worry about them. We can just wish them the best, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. says not holiday related. What to do when three-year-old shouts, mine, mine, mine. Yeah. What do they, what do they want? What's think, theirs? There's theirs. I think that can be holiday related. <clears throat> I think that's probably not happening sure. in a lot of homes around the holidays is kids being really excited about new things. And that's what I would say. And possessive. You really want that. You think that's yours. You want more of that. <clears throat> you want to keep that right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So we put words to what our kids are experiencing <clears throat> to say this impulse to connect about what you're needing is awesome, or to have something and possess it and hold it, or to want. I think that all of these things, we have to keep remembering that our kids' big feelings, they seem really negative because we were um, told they were negative when Mm -hmm. we experienced them, but they're actually really beautiful things. I mean, think about about your your three-year-old saying, want, 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 when they're in their 30s about a job promotion. Would you Mm -hmm. want them to want, want, want that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Would you want them to want 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 um, you know better health or rest or mm-hmm. a, a, a healthy relationship? Mm-hmm. That want 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 is a really good thing. And right now, it just looks like want 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 that spoon or want 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 my sibling's toy. <clears throat> but the impulse of that is is really beautiful. So, like Keltie said, we want to validate that impulse, <clears throat> right? Say so you want that. Ah, oh, yes. And then if we can let them have it longer. Or let them keep it then great because only when kids want 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 and have are they then able to let go and give 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 yeah and i think right. i think that we all bump on that binary word mine we say whoa Ooh. it's not yours i actually bought it or actually it's your sister's, They're or are lending whatever. it to you right we live in this like <clears throat> land of the literal and i think it's okay to be like you believe it's yours like, it how, feels like yours right, right now how can we take our our brain that's so programmed for this and that and this binary terms and say, what is my kid experiencing right now? They're saying mine. They believe it's theirs. Can we leap into their experience and into their shoes for a moment? Can we empathize mm-hmm. with what it feels like? And can we build those nuances? I'm kind of interrupting. Sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I just want something to be like, this is mine. I mean, I will look at a pair of shoes and be like, mine, mine, mine. And if Hannah was like, those are just something you're scrolling Actually, through that you could never afford. I would be like, what? right? She's just like, you want those. Oh, those are so cute. Mm -hmm. Yes. Those shoes should be yours. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that we're all just programmed in our culture to, to feel like wanting is selfish, Mm -hmm. to feel like wanting is entitled to feel like wanting is just, is super ownership in some way, super terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we want our kids to want because want comes from a deep human inner need. It's the source of all needs is want. Thirsty, want water. Tired, want sleep. Mm-hmm. Lonely, want connection. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are wants. We we want our kids to connect to their wants and feel like they can trust their inner want. And I right. think it's because And they're not gonna grow up to be sorry, they're not gonna grow up to be selfish entitled, you know, bulldozers who just want, 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 want. If we spend the time in these early years helping them understand their wanting and, and connect, not mm-hmm. just giving them everything they want, mm-hmm. but even when they don't get what they want, which is a great opportunity as well, almost more important opportunity. Mm-hmm. We just process the want that they had and that, what they didn't get. Mm-hmm. They can move through that feeling. It's, yeah. it's such a good opportunity. Mine, my mine. And you say, oh, you wanted that toy and she took it and walked yeah. away because it was hers. You wanted that back. Mm-hmm. Were you having fun playing with it? Did you really like it? What was it about it that you liked? I saw you hammering with it. Show me what you were doing with it. You wanted that. You felt like it was yours and you wanted to keep playing with it. Right. Right. So much about this too, the mind is saying agency and saying, Mm -hmm. I want to make a choice about my play, my toys, my body, my food, my time, my attention. Mine is saying me. And I think, again, programmed, we're supposed to say, don't think about me. Terrible 2s teenagers We need to condition you to think about everyone else. We need to socialize you from the mm-hmm. get-go. And that is not how kids grow up adaptively. They're going to get socialized by everyone else focusing on other people's minds and wants and things. Our job is to say, let's focus on you. Yes, yours. You. How can I support you? You won't always get what you want. But I want to continue to support and honor that impulse, keep that fire alive, right? Right now, it's about a spoon or a doll or a piece of candy, right? And someday it's going to be about rest, like I said, or uh, like a vacation or um, promotion or partnership promotion or, or anything, right? Or fresh yeah. air. And we don't want our kids to automatically shut their own wants and needs and self right, down because we've conditioned that. Because it looks yeah. "quote unquote" disrespectful yeah. as a three-year-old, right? Right? Yeah. Someone says, "Let's talk marriage intimacy and how it may be affected by parenting, especially during the holidays." Mm. Oh man, I absolutely can can see that that struggle. I think that's something that that I've been slowly working with my partner to establish before we go into big holiday things, especially trips with co-family stuff. Yeah. Is saying. Babe, how can we get on the same page? How can we feel like a team? How can we be connected? How can we have um, check-ins throughout the time throughout our stretch of our time to be like, how do you feel like today went or that thing that happened earlier? This is a safe space to debrief about this stuff, and I think that a lot of us um, maybe are talking about marriage intimacy being affected by parenting in the holidays in terms of like physical intimacy. And I think that that I wouldn't um, discount emotional intimacy in those moments when you can't get that physical intimacy based on the hours you're going to bed, the juggle you're doing with your kids way. There's so many ways to create emotional intimacy in the moments where you can't have that physical intimacy. It could be with a text message. It could be with a a touch on the shoulder as you walk by. It could be with a little bit of like super hot eye contact, something going on. Like it could even just be planning things well so you don't explode at each other mm-hmm. when shit goes down. I was talking with my therapist today about it about my struggle. <laughs> therapy we always high five, and remembering that <clears throat> all of this is figure outable with our partners that that a lack of intimacy or a stress on intimacy, mm-hmm. there's no one to blame. we don't have to get into that victim aggressor, mm-hmm. binary rescuer binary of saying if things are going bad, then is it their fault? Is it the kids' fault? Is it the holidays' fault? Mm-hmm. We should have to say it just is. Mm-hmm. And how can we work around it? How can we innovate, which is one of the biggest steps mm-hmm. in our resist approach available on our website, not just with our kids, but with our partners to say, we've all got needs. How do we get those needs met? Is it about information? Is it about planning? Is it about childcare? Is it about physical intimacy? Is it about laughing more? How can mm-hmm. we make it happen from just the smallest possible things? I think especially on the holidays, less is more. And I think that we tend to go the opposite. We tend to be like, go big, go all, We've got all the expectations, and all these things. And I think if we can say, how can I break this into tiny little doable pieces, not just in planning traditions like we talked about earlier with our kids, but also in connecting with our partner. How can we make this really small? Can we talk about expectations for gifts for each other Mm -hmm. beforehand? Can we figure out a tiny morning ritual that takes literally one minute to do every day and we go about it, right? Mm -hmm. How can we process and move forward through this thing and come out the other side of life? Yeah. Think of those in those hard moments through stressful times in our lives, even when they're supposed to be happy, which I think creates more stress we are yeah. like, this is supposed to be a happy time. This is the happiest so time of the, the year. Fucking moment. So those, these like kind of generally difficult moments feel even worse because they're sabotaging the, the harmony that I'm dreaming about for the holiday yeah. season. And it becomes even weightier. And I oh, think and my like, anniversary is in, around oh, Christmas too. It. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't> really... <laughs> I'm going to give you a night out. Aww. I'm giving you a night away. Anyway, <laughs> I think that a phrase that's really helped me that I, we use often with our kids, um, and assume for our kids, but don't often with our partners is I'm feeling really disconnected from you. And I think those times that I want to like pick something up and be like, what's this? Why is this sitting here? What's like, this is just, just going to be here all day. When, or I'm just like, partner, oh, nothing, nothing's wrong. Oh, nothing. Mm-hmm. All those moments. Instead, I try to turn to my partner and say, I'm "Feeling Start really disconnected from, from you because yeah. that's what it is. And I think that that's We can look at our kids a little bit easier because we have so much practice. Say, when my kid's jumping off the walls and my kid's poking me, when they're being too rough, when they're being mean, when they're hurting their sib, when they're poking the dog, when they're making a mess, they're feeling disconnected from us. If they're not serving a need they feeling dysregulated, often it's a lack of connection. And I think that we've been conditioned to say, I'm going to give them even less connection then. That's Mm -hmm. our go-to control toolbox. It says, I'm going to reel back my love right now because I don't like what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And it's so counterintuitive to lean in when our kids are being wild monsters and we're really struggling with their behaviors to say, can I connect with you? What are you needing? I'm going to pull you on my lap. What can I do? Can I look at what you're working on? Can I pull you outside? Can we get a snack? Instead of saying no, can we say, Yes. Let's talk about this. And same with partners. Mm-hmm. Instead those moments that we want to be like, no, 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 no. How can we say, honey, okay. And start nodding. I'm feeling disconnected. What mm-hmm. can we do to feel better together? <laughs> or even just notice that in ourselves first, I'm feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. I need something. What do I need? And once we're a little bit more clear on that, then we can approach our partner instead of projecting our shit and discomfort that we don't know what it is on them. I think it's okay if we have kind of a setup beforehand to just say, I'm struggling, I'm feeling disconnected from you. I don't know what it is because sometimes I don't have the bandwidth to get Mm -hmm. to the bottom of it and come to them with this like pretty little package of a, here's what I'm actually needing, honey. Here's my bid for X, Y, Z. Sometimes I just, I'm like, here's my plan. Even just saying (laughs) I'm feeling disconnected took so much work. Mm -hmm. Right, It's so hard to even, it's like pulling teeth to even reroute from all that he did, you did, you should have, all these things to, I'm feeling disconnected from Mm -hmm. you. When it comes to partner stuff, we have to keep remembering the same thing that we apply with kids is, when you don't feel well, you don't do well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when, we, we when we're we conflicting with our partners, we have to remember that we're not feeling well because we're not doing well. So if we're not doing well, we don't feel well. So it's what are we reinforcing? Reinforcing? It really is reinforcing mm-hmm. in that way of just being like, when have we ever felt so connected with our partner and then fought with each other or struggled? Like, I think when you think of connection, like mm-hmm. the things are going smoothly. And so I think that uh, we tend to believe so many things about our relationship and about our partners and about our lives when we're struggling with them. And I like Kelty that you really just get down to the basics and you're just like, we just need connection. That's Mm -hmm. what's missing here. It's not more money. It's not a perfect Christmas tree. Clean house. It's not a cleaner. Okay. That would be pretty great. Um, but really it's just connection. And we, no one ever talks about that. It's the invisible stuff. stuff. All of those shitty things Mm -hmm. that are real and stressful and whatever. Like most of the time I'm like, if I can just feel connected with my partner or with Hannah about, all these shitty things in my life. I'm like, good. I'm good now. But even if we don't even cognitively connect about those things, if my partner gives me a hug, I will tend to feel better automatically because we just even had a physical connection happening. There's so many amazing ways to connect a good reminder for what our kids are needing. Like we don't have to always give them that fifth cookie or hundredth cookie. We don't have to you know, get them the bike of their dreams. We don't have to take them to the zoo and we can't do it. We don't have to, you know, take them with us instead of leaving them at grandma's. We just have to acknowledge their perspective. We have to connect through uh, through or about that struggle or just connect in general, Can like bypass a lot of stuff depending on the kid for sure. And yeah, the moment or outside the moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Hope that helps a little bit. Do we have any other questions feel free to chime in about any holiday stressors what's on your mind what's going on Mm -hmm. with your sensitive and spirited kids with your partners with your crazy Mm -hmm. in-laws what's at play for you we want to talk about it too much screen time and sibling conflict Mm -hmm. i think that's probably pretty gosh the light is like being really weird i think that's pretty common for a lot of us (laughs) right now we're leaning on the screens maybe a little bit hard which can contribute to sibling conflict. And if it's not contributing to it, that's okay, because sibling conflict exists and it in itself is all right. Mm-hmm. It, it in itself is natural, normal and necessary for siblings to do regardless of age, spacing, all the stuff. But it's also hard to show up for sibling conflict when we're stressed, when mm-hmm. we're strapped for time and energy and yeah. when our capacity is lower, when we want to be spending our holiday time like making cookies and playing tunes on our record player and picking out, you know, Hannah Anderson pajamas to have in our photo shoots. Like I think when our kids are fighting with each other, it just feels like fucking unnecessary. Right. And then same with the screen time meltdowns. You're like, Oh my God. Like I just bought myself like 45 minutes or two hours to do all of this (laughs) stuff. (laughs) It bites me the ass. (laughs) Yes. And then I'm literally (laughs) fucking paying for it and Mm -hmm. it sucks so bad. And I think so much about all of this is It's about awareness and about attunement. And we just posted a little video on our Instagram, a clip, I think today about Mm -hmm. awareness being the key to everything, our own personal awareness, noticing what we're needing, what's going on in our bodies, getting out of our brains and our fear spiraling. Right. Mm -hmm. And then getting into the moment and understanding why is this moment happening? What's playing out? What could I do to support it or prevent it or mitigate in some way and then what's going on that awareness for our kids about their bodies and their needs mm-hmm. what is their limit of tv beyond what i would ideally like them to be doing is it 30 minutes and then after that their brains are just fucking fried and mushy and mm-hmm. they struggle right or is it that at a certain time of day they really struggle to be around their sibling without Expressing their stress at their sibling, Mm -hmm. you know, and then connecting with our child about those things and helping them understand their needs. Mm -hmm. So it's awareness building in ourselves and about the situation, the environment, the routine, and then awareness about our kids as well that's the growing up that we're doing that's the key to to growth and to change yeah it's something we talk about often in the spirited kids club which we have three openings in january so you pick one day in january tuesdays thursdays or saturdays for four sessions through the month and then something we talk about often is like How can we work behind the scenes? How can we be working on our beliefs and our goals and our roles? And how can we lean in with our kids and just say, you know what? I've noticed, for example, based on this, I've noticed after you watch a couple hours of rescue riders or whatever it is, sometimes you're feeling a little like uncomfortable in your body or sometimes to get out to the park after. Sometimes you hurt your brother a little bit, which I get totally. And I'm just wondering if maybe we could shift your screen time earlier maybe it could be a little shorter what do you think tell me a little bit about it and yeah and that that tandem um work of doing our kind of practicing outside the moment logistics planning pre, uh, pre yeah but like kind of pre walking through these inevitabilities or possibilities or um sliding like doors yeah kind of And then approaching our kid about it, not in a grill back way, but in a, in a circle back way, in a connective way, saying, i just noticed this thing, let's talk about it person to person, instead of, I don't like what I've been seeing and this isn't okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, Marcy said our um, uh, sibling conflict guide can help a lot with the sibling Mm -hmm. support. And then I think we also have a, a mini guide download for screen time stuff. Uh, in our shop as well. So both of those topics we cover. Marcy says, headed out of town for five nights, always have a hard time staying in their beds and sleeping through the night. Any tips for better sleep prep? Things to say when circling back in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, whenever I ask my kids, like, how did you sleep last night? They're like, great, it was fine, it was wonderful. (laughs) I'm asking that and my husband's looking at me like, what the fuck? Like, they came in four times each. There was one big pee thing here and another big pee thing here and they needed water and this and I had to, sleep, had to sing songs and then I slept with them and then I tripped over the toys on the way out and hurt my back and all well, this I stuff think, and they're like, fine, it was great. Like, what do you mean? I think you're alluding to the fact that so much <laughs> of that preparation has to do with us, not just with our kids and <laughs> realizing that so much of the acceptance that has to happen is on us and the changing of expectations that when we travel, let alone just our day to day life shit's going to happen. It's going to be hard and bedtime's going to go later. Mm -hmm. So preparing ourselves in that way that like, it's not going to be like our regular thing. We cannot recreate a perfect bedtime. (laughs) Um, We're getting our accent. Recreate a perfect bedtime from home at this random place. That is Mm -hmm. so much to ask Mm -hmm. sensitive and spirited kids. Like it is not going to be the same. There's going to be some struggle. We tell ourselves and our partner, it's going to be different. It's probably going to be harder. And then we talk to our kids. It's going to be different. It's going to be new. Maybe not yeah. harder. It's going to be new. It be new. What can we do? And thinking about what are their anchor points at bedtimes? Mm-hmm. Is it the pillow? Is it the stuffed animal? Is it the routine? What is so important? Song this, this. Mm-hmm. Is it the total blackout curtains? Is mm-hmm. it the sound machine? Is it that I do it rather than Papa? Mm-hmm. What are those things that make or break a fucking bedtime? Mm-hmm. And there, you may not even be totally sure. So you might have to kind of guess a little bit. But again, if you can apply, the, and those might those. all go out the window and it might be a nightmare. Even mm-hmm. if you do all the things you think you should be doing that yeah. are like the most stable stuff we, we've had, um, coaching clients say, I've been winding back their bedtime or pushing it ahead just a little bit every night to get them on the new time zone. And it's like, great, that's amazing. And it's still a total shit show. Right. So I think that that's, that's the, the, we can have, the, the point is saying, yeah. let's have some goals. Let's work our game around logistics and environment and all these things with holding that loosely Mm -hmm. with the, with the expectation, not that then everything should go exactly as we want, but then everyone is human and struggles in their own way. And we can't control all the outcomes. And then we knew also that we all did the best we could. Mm -hmm. And that nighttimes are a struggle, letting go of your body and finding sleep, um, in a new place after an exciting day in a different place also is a lot for even us to wind down, to fall asleep for. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what it is for kids? So Mm -hmm. um, allotting that time, allotting that acceptance. That's like, that's so backward. I think in those moments when we're traveling or when we're in the holidays, I feel like I have less stamina and less time to be leaning in Mm-hmm. And doing more pre-bed preparation and doing more connection and cozy koozie kooji and doing more what are we gonna do tomorrow and all of those things that really lead toward yeah. security and security is what's gonna help our kids sleep better and do better. Mm-hmm. And it's and the holidays pits us against that that ability Kid versus agenda, yeah. you know. It makes it yeah. so much harder. So how can we kind of also loosely be leaning and pushing against that that impulse to be like oh one and done just get them in there just get them to bed and say can I invest a little bit right mm-hmm. in this in this sleep ritual yeah. be honest with my kids and saying this might be a little different this might be a little new this might be a little bit of a struggle mm-hmm. we're on the same team. Right, I think so much around bedtimes, whether it's at home or whether it's on the road for the holidays, mm-hmm. is also just remembering about nervous systems and we always bring it back to nervous systems. Mm-hmm. so I love that you talk about preparing, thinking about logistics, getting things similar to home um investing in a little bit of the bedtime routine, which most of the time, like when we're on vacation, we're, we're like grandma like, and grandpa can take it. fucking <laughs> bedtime routine. We don't have a bedtime routine. We're totally doing different things. Mm-hmm. Like, why should our kids? Like, ah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so hard to hold fast to that. And we don't want to be those like high maintenance parents among all these other parents or family mm-hmm. members to be like, it's seven o'clock. So we're Bring doing Bring my this pie stuff. upstairs. Right. We have to be like flexible a little bit. Right. But I think that one of the, the unseen and uh, underspoken about Kind of keys to bedtime sleep is saying how can we get our kids the nervous system regulation that they need mm-hmm. that balance that they need regardless of whether we're at home mm-hmm. in a comfortable predictable place or at this new place mm-hmm. um doing this holiday thing how can i find um co- uh, help them find security in their bodies in order to find sleep even in this new place so that could be more jumping flipping doing spins, right? We don't have to get them to a playground. They ha- don't have to maybe have run around all day, mm-hmm. but what can we create in the evening routine before bedtime or even at bedtime mm-hmm. when we're like, fuck, this isn't working. They're not going to bed mm-hmm. to get that nervous system, what it needs. So dips for our kids spinning, mm-hmm. right? Flips pressure, pushing on their body, brushing. brushing, right? Thinking about what works at home for their nervous systems that helps them find relaxation mm-hmm. at night. Or if, if we've never thought of that, Because our kids are just like, they just go in and they're like night night and turn over. Like Hannah's kids, for example. Maybe we've never had to think about this until we go on a trip. And then we're just like, oh gosh, like you brush him like a pony? Like you have to like (laughs) wheelbarrow your child around the room? Like what are you talking about? Right? But these are all things that like, think about it from an adult perspective. We all need, right? We all need to integrate our nervous systems. Crying, laughing, exercising, meditating, showering, self-care, sex. We're uh, intimate relationships and connection. There's so many ways to make us ourselves feel good. And that's what our kids ready to let go and running around crazy in one small house at the in-laws house or whatever it is with all this excitement, a little sugar, maybe and all those things may not be as conducive to sleep as, as we would think like, oh, they'll run themselves out and they'll fall asleep. Right. So I think those are the times, like we talked about earlier, that investment, invest in some nervous system integration. Mm -hmm. And periods throughout the day, like anchor points, every two to three hours. Be like, it's time for the rodeo. It's time for what our dad used to call doodlebug circus. Right. It's time. Let's do this. Right? And especially before bed when
1: grandma's going, we wind down. Down.
0: we're winding down. What are you doing? Grandpa's getting in bed. <laughs> it's getting even noisier and it's bedtime. What's happening? We say, we got this. Right? This is when our kids need to express. They're running nudie duty after bath. This is good trust. They're getting their wiggles out. They're they're showing us what their bodies need to find balance in order to fall asleep. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (sighs) Anything else? We're to wrap this up. Their final holiday concerns, thoughts coming into the season. We'll probably do another one of these, mm-hmm. um, these episodes in the coming weeks. We, we're gonna have some reels out, some side by sides that are hopefully helpful as far as, as far as holiday stuff is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are needing some extra support, again, we've got our siblings conflict guide, our big feelings guide, and all twenty percent off. Yeah. yeah, and our spirited kids club, which is small group coaching, so eight to ten other parents and us. Uh, in a small group every week for four weeks, starting in January, we have three different dates and times available that you can join to feel less alone and build those skills, mm-hmm. right? To support your child in 2022. Yeah. Right? And start just the year off. Can't say enough about the camaraderie. And that's what most of our testimonials speak yeah. to is saying. I was feeling so alone and hearing all of these other parents who are struggling with those big feelings and challenging behaviors and resistance and kids' anxiety and kids' high energy and kids' big feelings and all of these things is so affirming and so comforting to a lot of people, it's comforting to us. Um, so I think that that's one of the biggest elements of it, if not incredibly specific takeaways per session, lots of resources and extra cool stuff, yeah. Thank you all for being here. You're doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. You're you're literally spending your time thinking about talking about listening, connecting about how to support yourself, your kids, your family, your greater community, your your future legacy, right? It, this is like, as I mentioned earlier, the gift that keeps on giving when we're talking about gifts and holiday mm-hmm. season coming up, when we're talking about gratitude. Um, yeah. You know, it's pretty amazing stuff that that we're all doing here. And we're really grateful for you as well. And we hope you have a wonderful holiday week. And um, let us know if anything resonates or if you have questions about anything, Mm -hmm. we're we're always here and we hope to get to you. Anything else, Cal? That's it. All right.